You are listening to a Stick Boy We Talk production in association with the Fresh Take Network. This is your wrestling podcast. What to do? Welcome to We Talk Podcast in association with Stick Boy and the Fresh Take Network. He is the crown prince of charisma and the futurist Martin. Yeah, the futurist says we're not going to see another match like this in 2023. I don't think so. I'm Joshua Adam William Arithnot, and you are listening to your wrestling podcast. Excellent. You're a wrestling podcast. Man, so, I love doing that. It's the best. Uh, you know what else is the best? Wrestle Kingdom is back. It is back. I, I hadn't been this yeah. excited for Wrestle Kingdom probably since 2019. It's been a, it's been a second. It's been excited. And probably since Kenny Omega was there. You bring Kenny Omega back and Wrestle Kingdom gets really exciting again. I thought top to bottom, this card bought a lot. I thought you helped generate some new talent in this i some matches were better than they had any right to be and we probably saw the match of the deck i i already went into our sheets mall and uh i already put my match of the year down because <laughs> i'm like ah, I'm just gonna <laughs> i already have my worst gimmick of the year done with alexa bliss and now i have match of the year so we're like two things in next year so we'll be like down to like three hours instead of four it's gonna take a, a hell of an effort to top Omega and Osprey, and and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, so your match of the year last year was FTR, and uh, and the Briscoes too, or was yeah. mine? Mine and was, was Art myself, Anarchy in the Arena. Yeah, and I was thinking to myself, FTR. I'm like, what would what's a better match? And I'm like, I loved FTR and the Briscoes too. Yeah. I mean, I loved it, but this was a better match. This yeah. is like this is a and to say that. That means you're going to, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a bar to, to climb over for anybody. The reason, too, this match surpasses a lot of those matches is it had the problem of hype. Because most of the time when you have these dream matches, the hype doesn't lead there. One of the more recent ones I can think of was Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ at WrestleMania, right? Yep. Where it, it felt like it was just about to get over that hurdle, like that, but then it ended and had the heel turn and they WWE the shit out of it. But <laughs> there was so much hype going into that match, right? I, I I think the problem is, and even with the Street Profits and Usos rematch, for example, so much hype fell down. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a few AEW things I'm, I'm thinking of. I mean, MJF and Punk lived up, but that wasn't like a wrestling marvel that we were looking to. This was like, this is a match that everybody wanted. On, on paper, it was probably one of the biggest dream matches you could have right now outside of like, I don't know, like a, like a Cena and a Tanahashi or like Seth Rollins versus Kenny or something that are just inconceivable, right? Like with the pieces that we had, this was probably the best dream match we've had. It's only happened one time at a PWG show where a very little crowd saw it. And like they said so perfectly on the commentary, they were both junior heavyweights at the time, much different performers at this, at this point, this was just another level of storytelling of everything. And again, the fact that they had so much hype on it, it's almost impossible to live up to what the hype is, and somehow they succeeded it. Yeah, I mean, the last time I could think of a match this hype that actually lived up to it was the first FTR Bucks. Mm, you know? True. That was the last one with, like, wow, this level of hype, like, it was ridiculous, and then it was as good as you hoped it would be. It was great. This is, this was as good as, like, I mean, this was the unofficial official main event. You know, um, I mean, they called it the, you know, the co-main events and everything they were like on the that. Poster. They were on the poster. I mean, they were on the English commentary. They were the, the featured match on the, on the, uh, the screen in New Japan world. But I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to, to live up to that hype, to surpass it. I mean, yeah, these guys are masterful. Like, like it, it's, it, the psychology was incredibly strong. The performances were incredibly strong. The physicality, the athleticism. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm thinking back to myself. I'm trying to think now. 
Okada and Omega and and where this ranks with those because those were you know next level stuff again and I think uh, when you say we may have the match of the decade already uh, it's pretty damn tough to like it's that good Yep. It's that, it's not even and, and, and I enjoyed the entire show. I, I yeah. don't want to bury the lead here. Like I, I enjoyed the entire show for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, it was a good show, top to bottom. A lot of moments, Wrestle Kingdom moments, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't have quite the same ring to it. But um, yeah, that match is pretty much all I want to talk about or can think about. It's like it, it's just there are no words to properly describe it you have to see it tonight new year's dash is on yeah and uh new year's dash is like the raw after wrestlemania mm-hmm. uh that's where the big angle is that's where the debuts are that's where all this all that stuff is to just kick it off and and it's free on new japan strong yeah. everybody should watch it because it's free and yep. it usually isn't the fact that they're putting it in free this year is, is great they so know you the can go watch it on New Japan World. You can go watch on New Japan World and just and see what the product is like if you're not overly familiar with it. But this match, spend the money. It's not a lot of money, you know, for a New Japan. Spend the money just to see this match just yeah. once and tell me you're not going to come back to this product. And if you want to cheat and if you don't have the money, it may or may not be on Daily Motion, the whole match right now. It may or may not. <laughs> Saying, uh, I, I've already passed along. Watch somebody. it and then still watch it. It doesn't yeah. matter what you have to do. Just, to just see watch it. it. It's uh, it, it's we've had it before a few times where there was a Wrestle Kingdom. AJ and Knock comes to mind. This is better than AJ and Knock, which is that match was so good. But what it's like, it's done. Wow, January 4th, I think it's, it's done. Is it better? It probably is AJ and Knock the January fourth. Well, like my, my favorite good. tweet was Sean Ross Sapp is like, this isn't getting stars. This is getting constellations. <laughs> well, he said it right. He said it like, right. This is like, going to probably was... be seven stars. Oh, yeah. Boy, I, mean, I feel sorry. Okada and White had a fine match in the main event. They shouldn't have followed it. It, it was it was but Jericho it Hunter vibes. It was Jericho Hunter yeah. vibes of like, yeah. how do we follow that? Like that, I know, I know the tradition they should not have. They should have gone. I was kind of. It was a good match. I've never been a big Jay White guy. That was one of the best performances I've I've seen from him. He was great mm-hmm. in it. Um, but it just felt like, even though you know there was an audience allowed there, it just felt like energy was sucked out from what we just witnessed. Well, they they got so high and mm-hmm. they made so much noise for 25,000 people in a, in a, essentially half full, which is about all they could do. I think yeah. it was 26,000, a, a little over 26,000 was the final count. Uh, 26,173, I believe. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's a WrestleMania 3 reference if you didn't get it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a little over 26,000. 175 if you count you and me, Gorilla. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Sorry, I, I off on a tangent. But they made noise like a $75,000 or 75,000 pack arena. Like for, for that match, the the emotion, it, it's it's not, it's the emotion of the audience and the performers is so high. It's draining to a human being to actually go through that. It's such a roller coaster. So the idea to follow that like Okada and White did, despite having a fine match, a very fine match, in a, in a vacuum, that's a very good match. And in another situation, you would have been like, oh yeah, what a really terrific main event. It's just, it really, but there wasn't a better spot on the card for it. You couldn't have put it first. because, no, And then no. maybe if you put it first by the time you get back to the end, Okada and, and White has yeah. energy again. But there's just, it's like, Maybe that's the only match you should have had. Honestly, I mean, it went, some good it went stuff over a half show. hour. I I wouldn't be. It looked if I paid sixty bucks for this as a pay per view or a ticket to go live to the dome, and that was the only match I got, and it went over thirty minutes, and it was that match. I'd be like, oh, I, I what a steal. Yeah, you know, what a steal. Well, 
so a few questions. I, we'll, I guess we're, we're going to go match by match, but since this was such a such a different level, we'll, we'll mainly talk about this to start off because that's how good it was. The, the turnbuckle DDT spot when uh, the United Kingdom came over, I was like, I am 80% sure he bladed, but I'm like, I'm not sure if it's also hard way. Like, I could believe either at this point. I'm pretty sure he bladed because it was such a perfect cover. To That's what I him. was thinking. Yeah. And because the camera was, the angle was so perfectly far, like it was far away showing all the guys standing over him, you know, over uh, on top. It's like they knew that spot was coming like with the camera angle as well. Yeah. So I kind of, I'm pretty sure he bladed. I mean, he may not have, I mean, certainly Kenny didn't blade or, or nothing was fake about the mouse over his eye you know, that, that he, I'm not sure where he took that, but uh, I mean, his, I, I wonder if he's going to even be able to wrestle next week on, on, uh, he's yeah. supposed to have, you know, the ladder match. match, a ladder match. Yeah. And I wonder if his eye will, will still be shut. Like it, it you know, like it's going to be swollen shut. Like it, it's like Rocky here, you know, yeah. that thing. Yeah. We're doing this before dynamite, by the way. So this will come out just, this pod will come out just before dynamite. So I'm sure there's a few things in this that will be hit on on dynamite. So yeah, possibly. Yeah. It's amazing to me that they have the like. I mean, maybe Kenny won. Okay. To me, that talks about the strength of the relationship. I expected Osprey to win, and don't get me wrong. In many ways, this match was about making Osprey. I mm-hmm. think that's really what it did. Uh, not that he already wasn't great and people, I mean, I had him third in the best of the year and a lot of people, I think he finished sixth or something like that overall in the heart trophy run running and, and people know how great he is, but the fighting spirit, the getting the crowd behind him, having those, the, the, the fighting spirit he shows, he wrestles like a baby face. His personality is a heel, but he wrestles like a baby face. But I think it's just about, it was about getting, making permanently etching it in people's mind that he has that fighting spirit that is so important to the Japanese audience. And that he uh, will now continue to get a massive reaction from now on because of this match and the storytelling and the way it came across the fighting spirit portion of it. But yeah, the fact that like AEW on Dynamite, I'm surprised they didn't mention the match at all. Like there was no promotion for it. Like it's yeah. like AEW is like, okay, you guys will we'll let you have our guys, but we're not going to. Uh, but promotion is completely up to you. You know. Um, which I think is kind of, I don't know. I, I, I think they should be promoting it. I, they I should think it talk makes about this bigger, match tonight. And, and yeah, the it match. makes Kenny a bigger star too, right? It does. Yeah. And he, it's not like you don't expect him to show up with the title now. And, and the angle will in very LA. well be first. He will in LA. He'll have it in LA. Yeah, you would think so, right? And he's going to come out to it, you would, or with it, you would think. And uh, the other thing is, he like you say it makes him a bigger star to have it as well right so i i just don't know you obviously have this very strong relationship you have to talk about this match like you say because it, it's you know it, a it explains why he's not there yeah and b it it's just that damn good but they set up a rematch, definitely, like this match. One of the things is storyline-wise, they very much set up a rematch. Yeah, I'm not sure now where that rematch takes place. It may take place in AEW on an AEW pay-per-view instead of in a. Uh, there's, you know. there's two I had. I had maybe the Winnipeg show. I I think that's streaming though, but I thought maybe the Winnipeg show. I think that's streaming. Yeah, maybe there, right? Yeah, I think Forbidden Door makes the most sense. The other thing that's interesting is you you hit it on perfectly. Of this was a match for Osprey. This is starting the year of Osprey, which was already told at the G one. I have Osprey winning the G one this year, uh, and then building up to facing Okada because they told that story in the G one that Osprey cannot beat Okada without cheating, and I think that was the start of this Osprey year that we're going to have. Right uh, now, couldn't it be Kenny? There's just something that he's just off from beating Okada beating Kenny Omega. He can't get over it. So you can build up this year. He's just getting this close to everything. He finally gets to the G1, wins the G1. Maybe at that point too, he beats Kenny for the United States title. They can have a a third match in between as well of the G1 briefcase on the line. And then he finally gets to face Okada next year at Wrestle Kingdom 18. 
And that's when Osprey hits his high of the prior year, came so close to beating Kenny Omega, the undeniable king of Japan before, and now he beats the great Okada who goes on this other lengthy title run. That's kind of the way I think the plans are going for as we lead up to next year. It, it very well could be. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That it's, it feels like, yeah, I mean, it feels like the year to fully strap the rocket to Osprey, you know, yeah. and, and especially after this. So, I mean, that very well could be the, the, the plan. I mean, Gato's known for planning way far ahead. So, I mean, mm-hmm. a, a year and a half storyline is not a surprise. So, yeah, it could be. Well, because I don't know. Jay White seems to maybe be on a break or in his way out with the way that Okada match ended. I'm not just exactly sure what's going on with Jay White, is, uh, with, with what his future is going to be, what the future of the Bullet Club is going to be. Um, I mean, you could, you know, Shingo's obviously going to face off against Okada, and we'll probably have some stuff in New Year's Dash about that, but I also want to be shocked. I mean, there's a Kenta match that everyone's been still waiting for in there. There's a, there's a few other paths you can go with Okada leading up to the to the G1 and, and further. I mean, the Jonah match would have been a bigger deal to me, uh, and, and too bad he went back because the way that Jonah was pushed, that would have been the next big hurdle of it. It's 1-1. It's he would have been Okada the got next it. guy. Yeah, like he would have been the guy to come out at the end of the challenge. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. If, so meaning he gave up a pretty major spot to I to return. Did, yeah, I think he did. But, I think it was a mistake. I think it was a mistake by him. Yeah, we'll see. I think uh, it very well could be. It, it's tough. It's tough. But yeah, I mean, obviously he has more security. But like as far as like uh, getting to be pushed as a main event guy and getting great matches, he's not gonna have the same it's just not going to happen at the same level as it would have happened in new japan for him uh another thing that helped this match was i thought at times the commentary was a little bit lacking at times uh, charlton seemed a little bit off at times kevin kelly was great don Callis on that match was huge he added he another awesome. level to that match he was so good in that match mm-hmm. uh gambino didn't say a word during that match i wonder did did, did he give up his headset for well because he said i'm not talking yeah, so. he's like, I'm, I, he was so pissed just, yeah. when um he was from takahashi one uh that he's like i'm i'm done i'm taking a break so he set that up of him being We're angry that one. he wasn't yeah, gonna be on yeah. yeah yeah you're right yeah that, that's what he said yeah, yeah either way it was tremendous like uh callus callus was he has a lot of psychology as well like he he you know and he puts over Osprey, but it's funny because the storyline is, and it kind of feeds into the storyline you're talking about. They can't get over the hump, like he can't consistently defend the belt. If he does get it, he can't get over the whole idea. He has all the physical tools, but mentally he's not as strong as Okada's. Yeah. Okada's the mentally strongest guy out there, and the other there are other guys out there mentally stronger than than Will Osprey, right? And that's kind of the storyline that's being pushed. And I don't know if that's uh, a coincidence because one of the highlights of the match was a John was in and Don Callis goes, and uh, all those people saying he's not mentally strong, he's as mentally strong as he could be after he was saying how he's not mentally strong, and yeah. then he came back and said to other people, and they're like, other people, you're the one who said it. He goes, well, I'm, what are you, I'm putting the kid over. <laughs> that was great. Callis uh, entertains me. He's great. The table spot, the stomp on the table, which is so funny after. The day Taz is like, we need to stop doing stomps on each other. Like we can't do that. And then here comes Kenny Omega stomping the table into the. I don't think I've ever seen that spot before. And then Connie no. having Kenny having the shining spot was talking to Adam about it, who is out of us not the biggest Japan guy. He's like Kenny just gets it. He's like both these guys get it. Like both these guys could go to a WWE or an AEW and not need any of the training because they get the character aspect and they get the wrestling mm-hmm. aspect. And I think that's what works so well. And in the main event too, Jay White really gets the character aspect of it. But these two, Kenny the most, like Kenny has had not to do any of the NXT bullshit training that you need to become that character. Like, I don't think anyone is more comfortable in their skin knowing their character right now than Kenny. He, he came in this, played the heel, even though in AW he's the face, even though everyone wanted to cheer him, he knew exactly what the assignment was for him after that press conference. Absolutely. And, and it's, uh, one of those things where, I mean, I talked about the performances and that's part of the performance part, right? Is the, the understanding the character. But Osprey too, there's a point where, I mean, he's, he's you know, he's selling how wobbly he is. 
-hmm. and he goes up to the ropes and he slips and it was clear that he didn't that so mean good. to slip. Yeah. So what does he do? He takes a moment and slaps himself in the face like he's waking himself up. He mm -hmm. took something that was an actual mistake and turned it into storyline and psychology. Yep. Like that's really high level stuff. Like that's yep. like that's a moment where I'm like, that's it. You you know, you're a master. Like when yep. you do that, when you can take something that goes wrong and turn it into part of the story and make it make sense like that, that's masterful. Yeah, these these guys. I so mean, good. This, uh, yeah. Can we talk about it more, or do we have to talk about the rest? We'll talk. No, about we do have to talk about the rest because there was other, you know, interesting moments. Yeah, uh, I, I skipped through a decent part of the uh, the pre-show, uh, though I did watch the Rambo. Uh, so, unless you want to talk about the very first match at all, the the three minutes time limit drop. Well, yeah, I mean, it was just a showcase for this new uh, prospect they have. I can't even remember his name. You probably have it there. It's uh, uh, we have Iowa and uh, Bolton. So I'm not too familiar with either one of those guys, Iowa or Bolton. Bolton, that was it. Uh, he's like Gabe Stevenson, mm. without uh, with more with a more complete package, like presence wise. Like he's a big, he's a big amateur looking dude strong looking dude somebody that is going to get great training and hopefully become something but yeah uh like and then the stevenson the, with some personality <laughs> that's saying something uh rambo was was fine i mean it sucked to see shinko in this that was yeah. uh unfortunate it was a weird place for him for this but there was a lot of talent in this i mean but so yeah, as I said, it was weird to see. I, we we kind of talked about this, I think, on our, our worst of show that's coming out later this week. But um, or maybe we talked about it off here. I don't know. Uh, that Shingo appreciated. Yeah, and yeah. I, I was like, why was Shingo? Why was Shingo in this? Uh, and then he doesn't even he doesn't even win it when he definitely should have been at a prominent spot in this. Well, I mean, this is really about setting up an angle for the King of Pro Wrestling tournament. Yeah. And that's going to happen tonight at New Year's Bash. Yeah. And having, I mean, it's like, yes, you have a winner of the Rambo, which is their version of the Royal Rumble that occurs every year in the pre-show on uh, Wrestle Kingdom. For those who are, may not be familiar uh, with what the Rambo is, it's really about setting that up and getting down to like the final four participants who participate in this King of Pro Wrestling yeah. Uh, tournament um, or tr trophy match, which is the idea is that it can only be defended in gimmick matches. That's the mm -hmm. that's the gimmick to the gimmick, right? So he's been in it. He's actually elevated that trophy from being just kind of like a joke trophy, you know, you know, like Yano has it, and Yano's also Yano's the most sports entertainment guy in New Japan by far. Yeah, yeah. right. And and Shingo had it and kind of elevated it a little bit into being a real thing. Um, it's, it is a strange spot for him though. I mean, but not just him, like there was a lot of talent in this. And as I'm looking at it, I was realizing most of them, like we're talking like Ishii and, uh, you know, a lot of other, uh, I'm drawing a blank and thinking of some of the other names, but there was a, a ton of names in there. Uh, evil, uh, guys like yeah. that who have been like, like upper mid card guys, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, most of them, though, you're sitting there going, oh, they're, you know, they're a little older, like Ishii, like, okay, his Jeff time Cobb is coming gone. Jeff Cobb is another one, yeah, this like a upper mid-card type guy. A lot of talent in it, but I, I think that uh, I, I think that it's that they're showing, and you saw this a little bit on the main card, they're starting to elevate some of the younger guys, and it's time to definitely do that. And you know, some of them will get over, some of them won't, but they were definitely elevating some of the younger guys and putting them in more prominent positions uh, over, say, a Jeff Cobb or an Ishii or yeah. Great O'Connor even, who's not that old, but not that yeah. fresh either. Yeah, it, it was fine. And then the uh, the last one was the Antonio Show Noki. one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we had the Antonio Noki six-man tag, which I kind of breezed through. It was it was fine. It, it kind of you know get you ready for the main show, and it's always fun to see Suzuki and Maccabee and everyone that was involved in it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was guys 
who are not Anoki's generation, but one generation removed. Yeah. So not current guys, not new guys, guys that are veterans that are still going, guys in their 50s generally or a little older. <laughs> and, you know, a couple of guys who are a little younger, but it kind of in that, that era. So, I mean, for what it is, it's fine, you know. Uh, then we go to the main show, our junior tag match. Fun little match to get a start. Man, TJP, though, just an entirely different pr- uh, presentation for TJP. It's the first time I've seen him in New I Japan. Know. And I think a lot of people for seeing TJP, just entirely different presentation. I thought Leo Rush looked good. I thought Yo looked good. Um, uh, Akira, I hadn't seen him before. So I thought it was a nice presentation for probably for some people like me that really hadn't really watched Japan really fully for the last two years and maybe kept up to date with Meltzer or post wrestling or Sean Ross Sapp that I've heard these names, but now getting to kind of see them in full. So fun for that reason. Yeah. Can you. So yeah, different presentation. Different presentation. Oh, the different and, uh, presentation of yeah. uh, of uh, a TJP. Um, I've always been a fan of TJP. Uh, you know, right from the time I first saw him in Evolve, uh, I, I I liked him. I I thought WWE really dropped the ball on him. So sure did. His role is very much to uh, though as a veteran, one of the veteran guys, a guy working in the New Japan Dojo, training guys working with the younger talent, teaching them, working with them in the ring. And even the guys he's with in here, Leo Rush, uh, I guess you'd call him a veteran at this point, but uh, I mean, Yo is still, despite no longer being a young boy, still kind of a work in progress. You know, uh, Akira is kind of a work in progress. He's an Italian performer that they brought in. Um, 23 um, part of the young. united M- empire but uh i thought tjp yeah I mean, he stood out just he seems really cool you know you're yeah. like that guy's cool and that's a good thing yeah i think it was good for him uh go to the women's match um this was nothing this was really nothing it was i mean i wanted to see more from five uh, minutes five was it minutes. five minutes it was five minutes yeah it was absolutely nothing this all respect to both performers. This was the setup for who was coming out afterwards. And yeah, I had I had made the debate maybe you should have done this for having her come out beforehand, but they they went ahead with it. They tried to on the commentary get Tam over as much as they could. Uh and the in the match, she did what she could, but not really with the way they were describing her. It, it was fine, but they could, it's a forgettable match. The only thing you're gonna really remember about this match is what happened afterwards. I mean, it was an intense match for five minutes. I mean, it was yeah. quick pace. Yeah. I mean, they, they worked hard for five minutes. How much of a story can you ever tell in five minutes? Not I mean, uh, maybe Sane is used to this because she used to work on WWE and they yeah. would, would have to do five-minute television matches. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think it was disappointing. Hard to imagine it didn't get its time cut. And Everything like, else got nine or ten, except for the yeah. big matches they got in the 30s. Everything and else got like, nine or ten. kind of sucks that you're cutting the women's match when it's a new thing yeah if you did or, or that you gave it five minutes only but like you say it wasn't about the match and it wasn't about the contender no. uh it's a little bit about the champion but it's mainly about the uh the surprise entrance yeah the, kevin kelly the worst kept secret in pro wrestling i'm like yeah i'm <laughs> glad somebody said it so yeah uh it, she she will be named mercedes monet Big the theme song, cool theme song. Uh, surprising, I guess, when the match is going to happen and where the match is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Pay per view, it's not on New Japan World. No, it's taking place in America. Yeah, you know, which is funny because the robe was all like Japanese sun, Japanese, like, yeah. like the flag and everything. Yeah, um, Mercedes Monet shows up. I got to get used to the music. Uh, her heels were ridiculously big. She looked about 15 feet tall. Hair was something else. I mean, else. Rick, you know, Charlotte Flair, usually I'm like, her, she usually has this rock at the biggest heels. These were bigger than Charlotte's. Yeah. These were amazing. Uh, I'm not sure about the hair. Yeah. Uh, at least you're not going to forget it. it it'll yeah. stand out and be memorable, but I'm not sure about what she did with her hair there. That <laughs> looked not so flattering or so good. Mm-hmm. 
it's still super exciting to see her there. I mean, yeah, it, it came across a little happy. awkward just because I don't think it was the pop that they hoped for because the crowd is still kind it was of a very not WWE sure about too. their they organically until I don't think they were cheering as much as they were allowed to. Even I think it's it's yeah. it's like they've been so long since they've been allowed to cheer that mm-hmm. I don't think that they were really getting it like comfortable for most of it until the Osprey and, and Omega match where. They couldn't help but get drawn into it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel like it. I feel like it, it came across a little awkward. Um, she's still the boss. Still the same character. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she's gonna be awesome. She's gonna be in AEW. She's gonna be awesome there. Yeah, I was uh, gonna ask you: Do we do, do they give it to us outright tonight, or do they keep it surprise for LA? Because I think tonight, if it's gonna be Thunder Rosa, for example, I think you just redirect it right away. Be like that it's not mercedes i almost wonder if you keep it a surprise for the form or do you just outright say tonight it is mercedes monet the number one help ticket sales out a little bit and to get the attention there yeah i mean the way to do it would be like a uh she comes on a video and she's not there but yeah i'm, I'm in japan but i'll you know whatever yeah but that kind of then you don't get tony loves his surprise entrance yes. pops it's one of the things he we talk about um, you know, Triple H, Hunter kind of relying too much on the bringing people back pop. Yeah. He, Tony, TK, he relies too much on the bringing out new people pop. Uh, you know, his getting, booking Getting is, the graphic on the site, like saying Mercedes Monet is all elite and all that. Yeah. Like he, he, you know, I've seen it a bunch now. You can actually now advertise somebody ahead of time. And make me excited before the pop instead of having to make I it a surprise every single I time. I think that's do. played out. Yeah, I think, I think so too. Yeah. But uh, all I know is the Sane and her are going to tear it up. Seeing them without any um, cuffs, Kyrie Sane is awesome, and and Mercedes Monet is awesome. Okay. You know, former Sasha Banks is awesome, right? Like it, without any strings attached to them, any any limits attached to them, I guess, maybe a better way, uh, even the WWE style or time limits or the choreography and all that, that uh, WWE the, with the producers that they do and, and even the, uh, the way that in WWE, they kind of build the matches so that they don't necessarily want matches that aren't the main event to steal the show. You know, all of that's off the table for them. They're they're going to be able to go out there and just rip it up, and I think it's going to be spectacular. Yeah, I mean that pay per view is going to do great. I think San Jose will do great. I mean, it's not precise yet. I'd have to listen to Meltzer. Maybe you've heard something I don't know. Like I don't know if she's a free agent that will be associated with Stardom, or that she'll be working with AEW and be with Stardom. I think after tonight, after Dynamite happens, I think a lot more will be clear of precisely what Mercedes identity is for now. I'm assuming that she's with stardom. And I mean, I'd love to know what the bump, like in some ways, I wonder if it would have been smarter to have it on stardom on stardom world, because it would have been a huge bump for that app, which, and it, which is, it had a good year last year. And there's a lot of positive talent going on there with Saray, for example, that's another dream match that we'll be waiting for. Um, but I mean, at the very least, this pay-per-view will bring massive attention to stardom at the very least. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's, and it'll be great for local ticket sales too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, huge for that. So it's, yeah, I mean, the it's, Japanese it's going to be not to see it live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and then they, they put it in America, but the, I mean, they have this thing where they're doing, you know, pay-per-views that are, that, are, that you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, a lot of criticism has been coming on them. It's like WWE doesn't do this. All their premium live events are premium live events yeah. uh, on the network. And you're not giving us everything. Yeah, we get Russell Kingdom and G1 and a lot of, you know, and, and, and a lot of good content on, our, on your streaming services. But you don't give us everything. You make us pay for the occasional pay-per-view stuff. It's like what so, ROH is doing. Yeah, eh, which is, you know, it's questionable in, in this day and age. But I think you're right. Like, if you put that on the stardom world, like, 
the bump that they would get, you know, would be probably more than you're going to get on a pay-per-view, but they have their, they have their business model. So, I mean, it is what it is. I guess the idea for them is that to bring the attention here, right? It's, it's, it's going to be an interesting dance of how you book Mercedes right now. It's, it's, it's actually more important for stardom and new Japan, the use of Mercedes. And I mean, AEW, it's, it's a nice get. If she is part of all elite and she's part of the talent roster, it's a good get fantastic get for the women's division. It is a much bigger get for stardom because that is a program that you hear about how great it is, but the casual wrestling fan hasn't, genre over there you hear oh Soraya had a Saray had a good match or Kiri had a good match and stardom is the best women's brand and it's maybe the best wrestling brand but it hasn't done enough to bring that casual or even yeah. other fan that you like you me or Joel or whatever that watch New Japan is like that's like yeah I want to but there hasn't been anything that precedes me to go over there despite hearing how good it is and now you have this in your hands with the Mercedes that's going to be the draw. And I wonder if that's going to be a mistake that they didn't do it. They're going to make money off the pay-per-view and hopefully that leads to going to stardom afterwards. It's, it is all about star power. I mean, it's the thing that they've been lacking, you know I mean? There's, there's star power and then there is quality wrestling yeah. and they're not necessarily the same thing. And in yeah. this case, they actually are because you have a package and somebody who can wrestle and is star power, yeah. you know, uh, apparently not as much as Becky Lynch. Um, apparently but, not, no. But uh, yeah, she has she has definite star power presence, and so, I do think she's going to AEW. But I, I also is curious that she's taking on Kari Sane immediately for the title because yeah, not a build. just it's like how do you not put it on her then? How do you have her lose her match? Like that yeah. would be odd, you know. On the other hand, putting it on her, what does that mean politically and with other companies and this and that? Who knows? Yeah, but then sure again, the Omega got the title happy. tonight. He did. I mean, I guess you you could for stardom, their plan probably is is you have the carry and Kari, and then you could do a rematch at WrestleMania weekend, potentially, with her and, and Mercedes. Or if you wanted to jump to the Saray match right away, you can do that at WrestleMania weekend as well. They have two possibilities there. If stardom wants to put a show at WrestleMania weekend, that will be one of the biggest draws that week. And there also, yeah, definitely would be. It would be one of the, I mean, it would be a major draw. Yeah. They also did mention one time during the pay-per-view tonight, somebody said something about Forbidden Door and Kevin Kelly. So I think it was Gambino and, and Kevin Kelly's like, Forbidden Door, did you say? Like, a hint. Like, you know, so who knows where that might play into it as well. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. Good to see Mercedes there. She looked really happy. For those that don't know, Bailey... And Naomi made the trek with her. So that was really cool that she got to have that. Support. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Bailey, Bailey got permission. Bailey got permission, but Carl Anderson didn't. Which is <laughs> <Just> super weird. <laughs> um, so, and they were backstage. They took a picture with FTR uh, with all of them. Naomi, it's rumored that she is going back to WWE. So I guess we can put her as a potential rumble surprise at this point. Naomi, I, there was some rumors she would go to Japan. I'm like, it all respect to her it's not going to work and her going maybe being part of the bloodline or doing whatever is better for her and her career um so good for her and cool i'm, I'm sure bailey's in the back getting the itch now <laughs> being like shit oh i'm sure bailey's like i'm, I'm jealous <laughs> yeah. uh our our next match speaking about uh, ftr they uh the streak is continuing they have now lost their new japan titles this is all setting up to revol revolution, I swear, against the acclaimed. I, I swear that's the direction it's going. Uh, they lose to Bushimon. Good tag team match, but you could tell, you know, you heard stuff about Cash, whether it was kayfabe or not, that he was on delayed flights and everything that. We know Dak is dealing with a lot of injuries. It was a good match. It just wasn't up to the FDR par. And I, I think to me, it was because I could tell Cash seemed a little bit off. Dak seemed beat up. And those things all kind of played into this match a little bit. Still, really fun, good match. But you could tell FTR was a little off to where they normally are for standards that we have. I think they were a little bit off in, in yeah, in their in their wrestling, but their psychology yeah. was great. different. The, yeah. Their psychology was different than it is in AEW. It was, I'm like, they're so masterful. They get what's going to get over to the Japanese crowd that's different than what's going to get over to necessarily an American crowd, an AEW crowd. So they were slightly different psychology, even though they still wrestled as both teams were baby faces. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, just just the little little things like going for the pile driver over and over and over again. You will, I don't think you see that in AEW, but that works for the Japanese crowd. They're like, oh, by the third time, you know, mm -hmm. and they're masterful. It couldn't, it wasn't as good. You're right. I mean, that Briscoe's match took so much out of them. Yeah. Like, really <laughs> I mean, it really did. But uh, yeah, I mean, I hope it's leading to revolution in that way and everything. But to me, it sure feels like those guys are, uh, uh, you know, have one foot out the door at this point. Well, that's the other dream match, right? I When we talked about Kenny and Osprey, like round two is probably the next biggest dream match. I'd say the other two dream matches that we potentially can have this year is probably Brian and Sabre is number two. And that's the other match that I like. If there's going to be a match that could maybe surpass Kenny and Will, it could be Sabre and, and Danielson. That has so good. potential. And then I guess the biggest one outside of that is Usos and FTR. It's a surprise. It's a huge match at this point. The idea that FTR could return and the Usos who've had the belts forever yeah. finally lose it to them. Like if you're going to return, it's like, well, I mean, do you have anything left to prove in the WWE? And it's like, well, do you have anything left to prove in AEW and the rest? In the indies, no. You don't really have anything to prove anywhere. If you do have something to prove, it is in, in, in WWE to come back and beat the Usos get that incredible pop yeah on that stage that you've never gotten and so i mean it, it's it feels like it yeah i mean you're you're when you're talking about the dream match because you're forgetting about cena and austin that's yeah i'm just i'm starting to get upset about <laughs> it because i don't think it's happening <laughs> i guess rock and roman is a dream match as well for some but again it the, yeah. Cena and austin to me is a bigger deal than rock and roman because of what it is like it's cena and austin yeah. is arguably the two two of the three best merch sellers pop superstars of the torchbearers of all time we never got austin hogan for political reasons so this is the next step that we have mm -hmm. uh and that's why like doing that i don't want to get into WWE side of mania but doing logan paul versus cena just for so it, it's just it's silly or makes whatever no sense. makes anyways, no sense uh, to me but yeah uh good for ftr i mean I would imagine they'll be at the forum show next week, but in some ways I'm almost like, is the, is the acclaimed in the Jarrett match tonight? No, I don't think so. I think it's an angle show? tonight. That, that um, by the way is getting out I of think hand it's the now. Forum show. That's getting out of hand. I don't, I don't know how much is kayfabe and not. I'm assuming it's a decent kayfabe, but when Karen Jarrett went out of her way and now Jeff is saying stuff on his podcast. Now Jeff has done kayfabe stuff on his podcast before. But that stuff's kind of getting like cringe worthy out of like uncomfortable. I like to say I generally don't like it when you go after people's family. You've seen that in my past. This is not something yeah. I like when you go after the family. Go. I think the I, I think the one line about Karen was fine. She didn't like it. Jeff didn't like it. it seems like they're more upset being called a carny, and yet you hear here you are on your podcast, possibly kayfabe. Yeah. total carney yeah like calling jeff a carney is almost a compliment because it, it's and it's absolutely accurate it's in the genes uh, you know yeah yeah so we'll see there uh next match was zach saber jr versus uh ren narita i had never really seen ren narita so i was excited for this match it was for the television championship i have a plan what i want to happen with this television championship which i'll talk about in a second i think with your smile i think you already know where i'm going with that but Really fun match. Ren Yurita is Shibata Jr. <laughs> Shibata Jr. And every single, I just see Shibata mm. in the way this is. I wish this was longer. I really got into this match. I wish it was longer. That's my only complaint. I really enjoyed the two of these guys going at each other for the new uh, television championship. I, I was really entertained by this match too. This match was really good professional wrestling. Yeah. I don't know if Narita being so much Shibata Jr. is good or bad for him. <laughs> Like, I, like it could like in some ways it's like you don't have your own persona in yeah. other ways it's like you're carrying the torch for this guy and it's kind of cool like yeah. like i'm like i'm i'm mixed on it i'm not sure if it's good or bad he is though shabbat like even the way he comes to the ring with the the mm -hmm. towel around him and just the way he moves and shabbat on everything. commentary yeah shabbat on commentary there but the match itself was really good the finish was spectacular 
-hmm. it's like that it looks so real like you know i mean they're it's sitting there doing trading mat wrestling moves all of a sudden out of nowhere snap arm bar tap mm -hmm. immediately you're like that felt like a uoc finish you, you know what i mean where you don't see it coming i thought that was so well done this is my second favorite match in the card. That's how much I loved it. I really, really, really loved really it. Good. And I think there's a few other options you could go with, but I, you have to explain the group to me afterwards because uh, I'm not as familiar with them. So, and maybe into some of our audience, I know they probably weren't as the, the group that Saber joined at the end. Oh, TMT, uh, the Mighty Don't Kneel. Yeah. Yeah, that's the group that Jonah was the leader of. Mm. Yeah, the Mighty Don't Kneel. The Mighty TMDK was what they the tag team uh what were Nichols and Hayes called in in uh in uh mm -hmm. they had two different names in NXT I can't remember um one of them was like a number like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like oh, I can't like remember that what Pokemon they, were... they had the, the Pokemon name for one of them yeah those guys Hayson yeah. Hayson Nichols they were you know I think they were just called the Almighty actually or were yeah, they I think the Mighty right, yeah yeah the mighty so i mean the mighty don't kneel that was their name in noah and it, it became a faction in noah uh with uh saber Jonah. at one point really many many years ago before yeah. he joined suzuki goon and he's mm -hmm. been with suzuki Goon for exactly seven years um so i mean this is quite a while ago that the tmdk uh the mighty don't kneel formed so they they've been really they were kind of re uh brought back in uh new japan strong on the american television with jonah and with uh you know hasten nichols uh being there a lot so that it's a, it's interesting because they he joined after winning the belts and his first singles belt in new japan amazingly after being there for seven years and having quite a bit of success but his first singles belt he joins and he jumps up on the apron and, and they're right beside him and that is the tmdk pose jonah used to do that with him too where you get up and then and then you address the camera you cut a promo and it's just funny because haste is sitting there going oh, it's good to have you back and the, oh it's good for you to finally have a leader goes saber and, and he goes well i don't know if i'd call you the leader and uh, Saber goes, no, I don't know if I would, but I would. I would call me the leader. <laughs> and it was just hilarious. So we'll see if that plays into anything. I need Joe to get this belt immediately. <laughs> this is the first thing I thought. Like, <laughs> I need Samoa Joe to get this. Now, I'm saying this, um, this the, the match against Darby tonight, a lot of good buildup to that. I almost am wondering if Darby is going to win back. Uh, the promo the... was Sting. I sent you that, right? So Did good. you see it? Yeah, it's so good. After that, I'm like, you gotta put the belt on this guy. In, it's in Seattle. Like, I'm like, uh, he's probably gonna win. But I just, I love this Joe King of Television gimmick, and I was like, I already dreaming about him and Saber in a match. At this mm -hmm. point, was just, and then mm -hmm. you could have Brian beat Joe, and then he gets the television belt, and that's how him and Saber go at each other. I was already booking it in my head, but oh, I'm like, uh, so good. Darby's probably gonna win, but this Joe King of Television gimmick is so good. Darby could win it and lose it back, I guess. But he could, yeah. Or you could just have Joe with no. It works because Joe has both the ROH and that's what yeah. makes it work. Yeah, has, has both gimmick. the belts. Yeah, yeah. So uh, another belt in New Japan because they need so many belts. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, don't get me started on that. They, yeah. You you got rid of your second most important belt, and then you add a bunch of more belts trying to make something as important as the intercontinental belt was yeah and you don't succeed <laughs> yeah. maybe the maybe the u.s belt i think it was elevated quite a bit tonight it was yeah uh then we had uh, a match that had no right being as good as it was but then had one of the worst botches that we've ever seen uh <laughs> tama tonga and carl anderson this was a good match the psychology for that stun gun was so well done these two went at each Very other really well, well. and then uh, the ending happened like I wasn't expecting much out of this match, mainly because I was like, what's Anderson going to be willing to do? Like, is he even going to take any bumps? And he did. And the psychology was really strong with the way he attacked him at the beginning. And, and you know, and, and you made Tonga the, the underdog baby face fighting from the bottom, you know, by taking these major blows early on. And man, that one 
brain buster type spot on the on the uh, the uh, barricade outside that looked nasty, and uh, it looked like he hit the back of his head pretty hard. But you know, I mean, it, the psychology was strong. It was a much better match, and yeah, and then and then the stunner, which is essentially the RKO, for yeah. those of you who might not be familiar, the stun gun. This stun gun. I don't know how he managed to do it. It's like he, Anderson took the stun gun and instead of falling directly down like you do when you take it, it's like he shifted three feet to the right, yeah. jumped straight up in the air and landed face down on his belly. <laughs> and it was just weird. So I don't know how that even happens. I don't know if that was him. I don't know if that was on purpose. Yeah. I don't know if it was just a botch. I don't know, but it was terrible. Yeah, I'm sure Matthew from Botchamania is going to have a lot of fun with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hopefully. Uh, it was unfortunate. Then we went to uh, a match that I wasn't, I was super excited for until everything that happened like three days ago um, with uh, Muda and Tanahashi and Mino, who they, holy shit, do they push this guy? This guy, you can tell he's going to have a big year the way they were talking about him in commentary uh, against uh, Lesson Sabres. It was fine, but the 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 Muda stuff when the Shinsuke comments. I think they should have pulled the match. I think I don't think too. he should have been it, getting. He shouldn't have been it, getting his flowers after saying that homophobic no, stuff. It, it took me out of it. It just I, I just didn't enjoy it. And they they tried to do the stuff after of like giving him. Oh, he gets a spotlight on my guys. This is all really uncomfortable. Yeah, it was a mistake. It was it. I know things are different in Japan. This was a mistake worldwide. It makes you look bad. You should have pulled it. He should never have gotten his flowers. It doesn't matter what you advertise. It was when, when a person, you know, uses that type of derogatory comments about another performer in the industry. You know, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, calling him homophobic slurs, uh, mm. like a. No, like uh, it was really uncomfortable. Shuda, definitely, you can see he's going to be a major. I talked about how in the Rambo, it was a lot of older guys or guys that aren't necessarily fresh, and that yeah. they put some younger guys like Ram Narina and, and Shuda, that they put them on the main card to try and mm -hmm. give them, because it's time to uh, uh, elevate these guys, and that's good. It's unfortunate it was in this match. Yeah, they put him over. The, the the spotlight comment really bugged me a lot uh, with mm -hmm. everything that just happened with with Knock. I mean, if you're WWE too, like I would be pissed because there still hasn't taken the the clip. Like the clip was taken off Twitter, but if you go to the press conference, I think on All Japan on, on Noah, it's still up there. Like they haven't even pulled it still. Mm -hmm. And to have you you did them the favor having your performer there, and you know you talked about things are different in Japan. I still think it's inexcusable even more inexcusable on the English commentary for Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton and all them, they know what that Western audience, which is going to be a main side of listening to your commentary, they're, they know what you're I, going to think. They're in a tough spot, Josh. Yeah. Oh, I know because they're in a tough I'm spot, sure but they kept on showering praise on him. But I'm sure they're told that they have to. Yeah. And I'm sure they don't want to, but it's like, like there's no good way. Like, there's no way they, if they don't shower praise on him, it's awkward. Yeah. If they do shower praise on them, it's awkward. There's no way to, like, they shouldn't have been put in the position. It should have been pulled. You should yeah, have found sure. a different legend, or you should have just, and, and too bad because the highlight of the match was probably Muda asking Chono to come in the ring and help him. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that was funny. Uh, but everything still, like, it should never have happened. It should never, he shouldn't have been out there. He, sh he shouldn't have. Uh, we yeah. go to the the four way match, which if this is some people's second favorite match as well, I I understand this was a great number yeah. one. I thought Master Wado showcased off awesome in this match. I thought it was a good showcase. Everyone, El Desperado was showcased off good. Ishimori was good. Takahashi wins the belt here for the junior heavyweight. It felt like those old matches that we used to have for the junior heavyweight. Mm -hmm. It's disappointing that Kushida is not here. He just really hasn't seemed to hit. Is his return back to Japan at this point? No. I guess it's because he wants to be heavyweight and all that, but he, he hasn't hit. But really fun match, and I was really the most impressive Master Wada one here. I thought he had a really good showcase. It was really the match was about making Master Wado because the match yeah. was, I mean, yeah, it was, uh, you know, 
Ishimori's the smartest guy and Elsbeth Sobrado's the, the sneakiest guy and yeah. you know this and that but Wato is the underdog who kept like he kept getting clean pins against people where he would have won the title multiple times only to have one of the other guys break it up so you're like in a one-on-one match he'd be the champion yeah. but because it was the four-way he couldn't he just he never got the, the pin that he deserved and so it was really about making him and he looked great and yeah. uh i was actually a little surprised with, with Roma, but uh you know if they are doing him and kishida i mean i've seen it a million times but it's always spectacular. always good it's always good uh so that was great uh this match kenny omega versus uh, will osprey i don't think we've talked about it very much it was all right it was all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah just just again just man just oh so bloody good 10 stars yeah. constellation constellation and then uh main event okada versus jay white good storytelling this one like i said i'm not a huge jay white guy personally he he Hasn't really done it for me, but this was a great showcase for him in this. I thought the commentary with this was peak. Um, and Okada wins the title again. Uh, where they're going to go with Okada in the long term, I think it's going to be another year title run. Because I, we're trying to think of the challengers. I'm like, yeah, Shingo is a good start to go with. But the challengers, like we've kind of talked about. The same the show, old guys. All, it's the same old guys. It's probably going to be Tanahashi and Nayato. It, it's going to be that throughout the year. Are you going to give a Wato or showed up some of these guys over the year like hey here's your one chance at this point to kind of elevate you there that's what i'm interested to see but i'm thinking along this run it's going to be a lot of the same guys for okada and i don't know where jay white's going with that what happened after the match that's why it's so disappointing that uh bronson reed jonah you Mm -hmm. know left because they faced each other so little and it's a fresh matchup for them and a fresh challenger something was brewing set up Yeah, yeah something you know and you don't have that to go to. So, I mean, you can't give me, I mean, sure, you can give me and him and, and you know, Cobb. But yeah. I saw them wrestle each other in 2021 uh, yeah. and 2020, 2020 and 2021. I think they had like eight matches together or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know there'll be good matches, but there's a point where it's, it stops being, even a good match doesn't draw anymore. Even Jay White and Okada when it becomes stale, yeah, yeah, and when you look at the roster and their inability to properly elevate new stars, they've tried, they've tried, and Shingo's one of them that they've tried with. Um, but I mean, they tried with evil to elevate him, they tried to elevate new stars. It hasn't been enough elevation, it hasn't been enough people, it hasn't been enough Jay White's. Uh, Jay White, uh, this was a Jay White match. This is what he does. I, I like it. I like his psychology. He understands his heel role very well. When you talk about Kenny Omega, understanding his role and his just be comfortable in his own sin. Jay White's very comfortable with his role and his gimmick. And, and he does it very well. And he has a very strong heel psychology. And of course, Akata's uh, not the ultimate baby face because we know who that is. But uh, he's, he's a very strong baby face. So, I mean, yeah. it works. It was a really good match. But it was it was a really good match that felt anticlimactic due to what came before it. It did. And, and just the fact, too, that Jay White and Okada have faced each other. I think it was kind of with the Onaki stuff. Um, I think that we kind of all figured that Okada was going to win because of the Onaki stuff. I thought Jay did everything he could. In this, of like, you're not taking this Anoki? from me. Like, oh, and Anoki. Oh, Anoki, Antonio Anoki. Yeah, Anoki, sorry. I, uh, I, I thought Jay in the ring, the psychology was so good in this. I was like, you're not taking this from me. And he really sold how much that belt means to him. I thought Jay did a really good job with that. But unfortunately, they just couldn't fight what just happened before them. And I think a little bit of the staleness of Okada and Jay White. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've faced each other multiple times, and the storyline is that Okada can't beat him. So this was supposed to be the big overcoming, the guy that you can't beat, big pop moment. But yeah, I think like there was no drama in the match, partially because you're right. I was like, Okada's winning. Like I could like I, I was like, it's a 10% chance Jay White wins. 10% isn't enough. Yeah. You need 50. Like that was the thing about Omega and and Osprey, I was like 60-40 Osprey's winning. 
but not 100% sure. I thought he's kicking out of the one in Angel. I really did. It's the first yeah. time in a while I was like, he's kicking out of the one in the Angel. I swear he's going to. I swear when they put that on, my first thought was, kick out, kick out. It's time for somebody finally to kick out, and it should be Osprey to make him mm-hmm. yep. in this moment. But when maybe when he does it later, or maybe he just always protected. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, very, yeah. Still, uh, overall, I don't know why I give it out of ten, because overall it was a good show. Most of, I would give the show seven out of ten, and then yeah. you had one. Then you had one fifty-five thousand out of ten match. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it kind of makes the whole show like an eight and a half out of ten for me. This show because... will probably be beat for show of the year. Like I don't think this will be show of the year but it will have match of the year on it. Yeah. I'm going to go overall. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10 because that's about it. I I gave WrestleMania last year an eight and a half out of 10. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that's, yeah, I would say, I think it's a seven out of 10 show with a, with a, with a billion star match to bring it up to like an eight. So yeah, maybe a six and a, maybe a six and a half show to be brought up to an eight. Either way, I'm giving it an eight. As we did the year in review just now, like you learn how fast things like doing sports, doing wrestling, like a year is a long time and we will literally be a whole year away from this show. So I really wonder like what will stick out of that when I have a whole year of template of wrestling, this match undeniably will be stuck in my mind because we've had that in the past with like AJ and um, AJ and, and knock and Okada and Kenny, those matches stuck out for a whole year. With this show, when I come back to it in a year time, I'm like, like that Saber and, and Ren match, which I liked, is it going to really stick out to me in a year? I'm not 100% sure if it will. And, and you kind of see when we go through show of the year, what we had from WrestleMania, which was some of our show, right? It's like, oh my God, they had this and this and this and this. Uh, we'll see if that sticks out at the end. It's a long year. It was a fantastic show with a lot. Getting Mercedes was really cool. The four-way was fun. Saber match was good. Um Okada and Jay was fine. Like you were saying, though, will any of that outside of the Kenny and Osprey match really stick out? And by the time we get to the end of the year, much like we had with the FTR series, and you you hit that so eloquently on our best of show, it's like, oh, no, this is the best FTR match. Oh, no, this is the best FTR match. No, this is. <laughs> by the time we got to that dog collar match, it's like, okay, yeah, that was the best. We could be getting three Kenny and Osprey matches this year. And by the time we get to the third one, yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, that's the best one. So... Well, it's like the FTR one. Uh, I gave FTR two my favorite. Right. But I I barely remember FTR one and Briscoe's one because yeah. it's a year and it's so long ago. Media weekend. I yeah. Mean, it was happened early in the year. I was I was talking about Chris Jericho. I know he had good matches early in the year, but I but I all I could bring up was his great matches at the end of the year. Yeah. Other than Ed, the match with Eddie Kingston, you know, mm-hmm. it was like I was having trouble thinking of matches in the first six months. His last six months were spectacular. And, and it's true. It's so much happens and it moves so fast. This match is, you're not going to forget this match. Like this no, is, this is an all timer. It's an all timer. Yeah. Yeah. All-timer. All right, everyone. So uh, thank you to Martin for uh, breaking it down with us here. And uh, we have an AW dynamite on tonight. This obviously will be on just a little bit before dynamite. New Year's dash. So, Watch yeah, it. Watch dash it. Tonight. Yeah. I got dynamite and New Year's dash tonight. And then, uh, uh, we'll see what happens on SmackDown again this week, which just seems like the lowest on the totem pole. I don't even know what type for SmackDown this week. I guess you have Drew and Sheamus versus Usos, which will be a fun match, but obviously we kind of know the outcome there. Uh, so I yeah, went out of my way to watch this last SmackDown, and as much as I generally think it was an overall pretty fun show and good, it's like, damn, I can't get over how awful that Charlotte like that just brought the whole it brings the mm-hmm. whole show like if that was if that like that's an opposite uh, if this is a seven out of ten show that goes up to an eight because of a great moment that was a seven out of ten show that goes down to a four because of a horrible moment and how you know short I mean? the cena and owens and bloodline match was, was yeah, and i match. figured with owen or cena not doing much i figured taking much bump but yeah. i mean and I, I was just annoyed because it was so easy and obvious that they pinned the wrong man. That Reigns was the was the legal man and they pinned Zane and it was like like it was like two seconds after a tag. I'm like, how bad is your refereeing? Like he just made it look them look really bad. And I was like, I don't know, it doesn't matter, but yeah. So yeah. uh 
on uh, on here on the pod we have a lot of exciting stuff coming we got the form show for aw next week probably we will probably do an after show for that next week we got the rumble coming new year's dash and a lot of japan stuff so who knows what's coming from stardom now so it's uh an exciting way to start off the year new japan really set the template for everything that we're going to go with and uh we look forward to giving you much more content this year on uh, your wrestling podcast so until next time cheers enjoy the day take us someone on uh, what are you listening to what am I listening to? Yeah, what are we oh, listening what to? I... What's this podcast called? Oh, this. You are listening to your wrestling podcast. Enjoy the day.